Hi, everybody. Welcome. Hi, Hi, we're listening. We're listening. You're listening. I'm talking. You're listening to (laughs) Thanks We Hate It. And this is episode uh, 18. 18. Which means we're gaining on 20, which means... Well, we've been doing this a while. I know. Which is That's a big deal. Not really, kind of. 18 weeks. Listen. That's a lot. Yeah, slightly uh, longer because we switched to every other week. So like probably closer to 20 weeks true. at this point. True. Good so, for us. Yeah. How is everybody doing? Hope you're uh, all doing good. I, we've got a packed show today. Yes, we do. I am excited to talk about all the stuff that we have planned because it's kind of a smorgasbord of slightly unrelated things but they're like all the things that you and i really enjoy talking about in our like personal private conversations yes um so i think this is gonna be fun you guys yeah i think so too you guys will get a glimpse of our Mm -hmm. more of what we chat about just in normal day life so yes um how are you doing mickey how is your life going Busy. Yeah, it's been busy. Ooh, um, my body is also revolting against me currently. Love that. Yes. I joke with Aaron all the time that my body is incompatible with life. And this feels like one of those weeks. I injured my back like a long time ago. And I've been slowly working through sciatica since then. And then I had a like a good period of time where it was better. I felt almost no pain and then I think I just like sat too long or was like working on something in my computer for too long so my back started hurting again oh don't love that for me and then I woke up this morning and I had a shoulder injury a while ago that I thought was better and I literally Hannah I'm not even joking you I went to go pull a shirt out of my dresser and I just like reached for it and I felt my shoulder like and so I was like no excellent so that's happening today so if i make a weird face like when you're falling and you like goes in slow motion because you like see yourself you like have an out-of-body experience and you're like this is happening and then it happens and you're like yes i literally like stood there that's gonna hurt later and i was like please no please god no but it did in fact happen so so sorry (sighs) have you tried to leave a leave I, is really good for that kind of stuff. I normally don't take a leave. I've been uh, on the Tylenol train lately. I'm usually Tylenol too, but a leave seems to help with those like back pain stuff mm-hmm. better. That's what I've heard. Yeah, but I've always been pri- I've always been uh, privy to Tylenol as well. That's always been like my go-to. Yeah. But the nice part about a leave is that you mm-hmm. only have to take it every twelve hours too. True. You don't have to take it like every um, yeah. every six hours. So yeah. But yeah, I've been icing it on and off, and that seems to be helping. So fingers crossed that it will get better. (laughs) Thank you. I hate it when you have something like that, and all you could think about is like how much you took your life for granted before you had it. Every time I'm like, I like remember like 30 minutes ago before this happened when I like you know could lift up both of my hands to do my hair. (laughs) <laughs> literally uh, uh i feel so dramatic yes. for being like my life is over but also i'm like i can't yes. drive i can't function like i hate yeah. this so every time i get sick it's like that i'm like mm-hmm. i yes. like remember the days don't you and i'm like telling myself don't you ever take yourself yes. for granted again yes. don't you ever take your health for granted again mm-hmm. and, and then, then you, you forget. inevitably do yes <laughs> yes a hundred percent so it's fine. It will be Well, fine. I was telling Mickey right before we started recording mm-hmm. that I did get Winnie's DNA results back, but I am way too impatient. I, I am couldn't so excited. wait to do it live on the air. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I did have to look at what they were, but I have Winnie right here and I'm going to just 
put her in the camera so that everybody can remember what she looks like little before beeb. I reveal oh, her little bangs. The DNA results. She's such a yeah, cutie. So I was very surprised. She's so cute. She really just loves. She's like a this. little tiny gray oh. teddy bear. Yes. She. I think she looks a little like fox like, mm-hmm. fox like, cartoon like. Yes. Okay. So. For reference, everybody, I got Winnie from a shelter, and I'm sorry, she's uncomfortable. I'm gonna let her go. Um, Mom, sorry, baby. <laughs> oh, thank you for the kisses. Thank you for the kisses. So sweet. The shelter that I got her from told me that she was surrendered by a family who had a purebred female Shih Tzu okay. who got pregnant okay. with an unknown male dog. Okay. So as far as I have known all these years, she has been half Shih Tzu and then half something else, okay. Terrier. Perfect. So I've been naturally calling her a Shih Tzu Terrier all this time. Oh, boy. And it checked out. She okay. has a Shih Tzu tail. She has very okay. Shih Tzu-like fur. Uh-huh. She doesn't have the flat face, obviously, as you can see. She has a very pointy face, yes. but she's sweet like a Shih Tzu. Like she's cuddly like a Shih Tzu. So cute. She... Spoiler alert. She is 0% Shih Tzu. I had a feeling that that was coming. Stop. They lied to me. She tricked me. Winnie tricked me this whole time. She bamboozled me. What is she? Winnie is 47%, almost 50% Uh Pomeranian. (laughs) What? Winnie is half Pomeranian. Uh She's almost 30%, like 28% or something like that. Uh Poodle, which does not surprise me as much because a lot of small dogs have poodle in them. But yeah, so 30%. So she's a Pomapoo. That's a Pomapoo. People pay top Aww, dollar for those dogs. You got from one from breeder. the shelter. Oh. Um, she is, and then she's about 10% rat terrier, which I would have thought more like 60% rat terrier. Uh, rat terriers are, I mean, I knew she had some terrier in her. Rat terriers, mm-hmm. um, they're short-haired dogs. They look absolutely nothing like Winnie. Oh, okay. They look a little bit like Jack Russell's, I would say. Oh, they have like pointy ears. Okay. They're like small, very alert dogs. Cute. Yeah. I'm going to look it up. They're, oh, she's just like one on her back for me to pet her belly over here. Oh, yeah, this looks nothing like her. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. So she's this little girl is half Pomeranian. My mom was like, well, then her mom must have been full breed Pomeranian, mm-hmm. not yes. Shih Tzu. Yeah. That's so interesting. And it does. Okay. So the tail does make sense. Pomeranians still have the flippy tail. Okay. And then. Yeah. But they often have pointy ears. And then they are also like really uh, Pomeranians are also very loyal to their one human yeah. which makes which checks out Winnie okay. is incredibly loyal incredibly uh attached oh, you know like fifth limb girl. is what I call it yeah and then so that also checks out and then the barking checks out mm-hmm. as well the Pomeranians do bark yeah. quite a bit they're very yappy very alert dogs that's yeah. their job is to tell you when something's there so that checks out as well i'm just looking at her the the fur is weird uh-huh. i've never seen a gray but i did google a gray pomapoo yeah and if you google image that okay. the dogs there do look very similar to that. okay hold so. on i'm googling that oh my god this looks exactly right? like winnie oh <laughs> okay that's Isn't really that cute s- 
so strange. Stop. It's just um I've also been shaving her at the groomers all this time yeah. because she has a single coat, mm-hmm. but like you do not shave Pomeranians, right? They have double coats and it would ruin their coat. Sure, I know. To shave them. But I didn't know that she was and she's yeah. always to me she has she doesn't shed, so that usually means they have a single coat. Oh, got and it. And the groomers have never she's never had an issue with it, but hmm. um but yeah, it's so weird because I was like, well, That's if she's a Shih Tzu, I could shave. She could get shaved. Yeah. Huh. I mean, so you know. Wow. I just I can't get over it. I now every time I see her, I'm just like, are you my little Pomapoo? Or I like, are you hey, my little Pomeranian? Aww. What are you doing? Because That's I've been so living cute. six full years with her, mm-hmm. not knowing that. <laughs> That's adorable. Oh wow. uh, yeah. Do you feel like you know her and better then, now? I feel like I know her a little less <laughs> because I've been. <laughs> Going under this That's assumption, fair. the other thing I don't understand is where she gets her digging drive from, because oh, yeah. she is obsessed with digging. Yeah, if she there, she has an area in my parents' mm-hmm. house when we visit them that she's allowed to dig in. Yeah, I remember you telling me about and that. She, if you sit there with her, she will just do that for hours if you let her. She'll just dig and dig and dig and dig until her paws are sore. I don't let her my do that, God. of course. Yeah. But Obviously. it's so good for her brain. She loves it. And then when we're inside, if there's a blanket or something, mm-hmm. she'll dig in the blanket or dig in the couch. That's so cute. Like dig, 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 dig. So I don't know where huh. that came from, but maybe it's her terrier. Yeah. But interesting. I don't know. So that's winnie oh that's so exciting that okay. you know now thank you for sharing that with us hannah of course i'm so thank you guys for caring at all because. isn't it so funny though because like i remember when we got olivia's dna results we were just yes. perplexed about like what kind of dog she could possibly be because she doesn't look like anything she looks like such a weird little mutt like you know mixed breed dog and so when we got her dna results then i did the same thing where i googled you know like the mix that she has and then i found a dog that looked exactly like her and i was like yeah where was this this whole time that i was trying to understand and i feel like winnie is kind of that same thing where like you google it and immediately i'm like oh that's winnie right that's so funny you know the other thing too is i found Mm. a sibling of hers on shut the fuck up yeah, I on the app because yeah. it does the relatives now, right? And they were like, we found somebody with, they share 50% DNA, which means that it's a relative, Whoa. that it must be a direct relative. Yeah. So I know. So I messaged this person and I know um, they, this, her dog from the litter mm-hmm. had a specific health issue. And I know that because the shelter called me like three years ago and said, hey, one of Winnie's sisters got diagnosed oh. with so-and-so. It's like a genetic disease. Okay. Like um, it, they should be okay. But this dog ended up in the ER. You might want to just go get her blood tested oh. and stuff. Okay. For like to, for as a preemptive measure. Yeah. So yeah, I did. Yeah. I went and I got an entire <clears throat> blood panel to make sure and to see if she was like um, predisposed to whatever mm-hmm. this is. I have no, I could not tell you what it's called. It's a long medical name. So I recognized that. Um, I think that's why they got their DNA test. Oh, and they talked it. about it in their bio. So yeah. um, because they shared 50% DNA, I like messaged this person. Yeah. And I was just like, hey, I sent the, like, the sweetest message. I was, you know, smiley faces and explanation points because I wanted to yeah. come off super friendly. And I was just like, hey, I <clears> think <throat> our dogs are siblings. Just curious. Did sure. you get the, did you get her in um, and this year or whatever? And she said this whole paragraph and she just goes, yes, I did. That's it. Oh, no explanation point. No, no smiley, which is just like, I am 
99% sure it's probably a very perfectly nice person that just does it. Yes. Uh, yes. Is not expressive in text, but it was just so weird. They were like, okay, apparently you are not interested in swapping pictures uh-huh. of our dogs yes. or anything like that. <laughs> well, that's what I was going to say is that it's probably like a boomer or something, like an older yeah. person, because that reminds me so much of the way that like my parents and grandparents sent text messages with text. like periods yes. and like no emphasis, no smiley face. And yes. so like if you, that was my you, if you aren't familiar with with that particular person then you're like are you mad at me right. like why are you being so sure with <laughs> yes. me hopefully it's just that yes. and not somebody being a jerk i'm probably i don't think they would have responded if they were fair that's true it's just that i was like hoping that like i'm like okay we don't have to meet up for a doggy play date sure. or anything but i was just hoping for like maybe a photo of her dog yeah. and we could like exchange photos so that i could see what one of her siblings looked like yeah. and she was like completely uninterested in talking to me <laughs> so i was well, like okay then. That's your your prerogative, mm-hmm. I suppose. That's her choice, you know. God love her. I was just like slightly. Her. I was just you know a little embarrassed because it's like really awkward to like. You're like, I'm sorry, I reached know? out then. I know. Exactly. Wow. So, anywho's, yeah. Should we move on to a slightly sadder? Yes, I know. Yeah. Chit chat. Let's. Uh, we do feel like we need to just mention this to everybody. Um, yeah. Since a lot of our audience is not in the anti-MLM space as much as I am, <laughs> you probably would not have heard about this. But if you've listened to our previous episodes, we've talked about a network marketing. She calls herself the number one network marketing network marketer in the world, multi-multi-millionaire yeah. on very high up in Prove It named Jossie Lee Ward. <laughs> We've talked about her in the past yeah. uh, because we had stuff to say about her refusing treatment mm-hmm. when she was diagnosed with stage four colon cancer. Yeah. And Mickey and I had always said, well, of course, that's her prerogative. If she wants, however, she wants to treat her own cancer, yeah. that's totally up to her. Yeah. But we had an issue with her advertising coffee enemas and things to her very, very large audience of hundreds of thousands of people as if you can cure cancer without any treatment. With supplements. um, Mm -hmm. That was the, yeah, that was the summary. And uh, on September 16th, which was a couple days ago, it's the 19th when we're recording this. And uh, Jesse Lee sadly passed away the other day. We don't know that much information as I'm sure is expected. It makes sense. Yeah. The only thing I've heard is that um, a lot, there's a rumor going around. I don't know if this is true, but there is a very, very wide rumor going around that she did not die directly from cancer, but she had a kidney infection or a kidney stone that sent her into septic shock. And that's why it went south and she passed away so quickly. Oh, God. If... I'm frustrated still, though, with the medical misinformation that's going around because, of course, her followers are just taking that as, well, the doctor, then that's, she's, then she didn't die from cancer. She died from medical malpractice because they didn't catch it or saying that she did cure her cancer. She cured it completely, but then the doctor was the one that should have checked out when she had a UTI or whatever. And I don't know what happened. I wasn't there. I'm not her family. I have no business knowing what happened. However, I would really like to implore people not to spread misinformation like that because you don't know any better than I do. And the Mm -hmm. likelihood is that if she didn't have cancer, 
people are more prone to things like that. Yes. With cancer. Yeah. The really, really sad part, I don't think I've told Mickey this yet, but um, 10 days ago on 10 days before she passed mm-hmm. on September 5th, she had posted a update on her TikTok. And then she had a live a few days before she passed where she was talking about her PET scan results mm-hmm. um, and how her on call her, she, her traditional oncologist looked at her PET scan and was telling her how her scans were looking clear. The cancer was shrinking and how everything was looking better. And Jesse Lee literally said in that video that, guys, your body wants to heal itself. Guys, my holistic stuff is working. Okay. But then she went on to say how much stomach pain she had been in and how she was having a mysterious pain that she was really nervous about. But the doctor was saying her PET scan looked good. Schedule another one for six months. While other doctors were allegedly telling her that she literally was not going to see October because of the way this was progressing. Oh, God. And I think, again, it's just that positive thinking, like, nitpicking Mm -hmm. of info that she was doing. And I don't know if she was... I don't know if because of the PET scan, I don't know what the really sad thing. I'm sorry. I'm like emotional about this yeah, because it's sad. I was following her so closely on all this yeah. and I was rooting for her. I think the reason is because I feel like we, I would have liked her as a person if she wasn't in the field that she oh, was in. Oh, okay. Yeah. If she wasn't, if she hadn't, if she was not an MLM yeah. at all. I just feel like she's just one of the most motivated hardworking people I think I've ever followed and I just wish she had Mm -hmm. put that into something else yeah I mean you and I talked about this privately too but I think it's an important uh moment to hold in both hands that like being a person who perpetuates MLMs which are inherently predatory is a shitty thing to do right and also that in some ways Jesse was like still a victim of this environment right like yeah I think the the depths of denial that somebody has to be in to refuse cancer treatment is like pretty severe. And so like, it is sad, like somebody dying is a sad thing, you know, and it's like a hard thing to watch because, you know, for better, for worse, like she's a person and like it is sad and kind of scary to think about the pain that she was in before she died, you know? Yes. Yes. So, yeah. Yeah. And I just really wish, I think also what kills me is that I think, I just wanted her to snap out of it. Mm -hmm. I wanted her so badly to like see like, okay, maybe I should listen to the doctors and she could have, what if she had just, you know, and she could have had more time to, um, to spend with her family yeah. and loved ones and stuff. Yeah. yeah, Like you said, it's like, in spite of the things that I didn't agree with, nobody deserves that. Nobody deserves that. And the, what she went through was just awful. And, I just feel so much for yeah. her family and how devastating that must have been. Yeah. I, it just must. I mean, regardless of the circumstances, it must have been. Yeah. It's, so hard, so. it's sad. I think the other thing that is difficult about this situation are the people that are really bought into this holistic yeah. healing thing that she was selling up yeah. until the very Oh, they're shocked end. that she passed. Yeah. And like that also makes me sad. You know, like how many other people are potentially making these detrimental choices about their own health and their lives because she spread this misinformation and disinformation, you know? So it's like, it's not an isolated, like, harm that's being caused, which is also sad, you know? So. Yeah. It's a hard thing. Right. It's a hard thing. Well, on one of the posts, I just, I saw another YouTuber that I 
I know of him. And yeah. he was like, Jesse Lee didn't die from cancer. She died from medical malpractice. That was literally his okay. words. And I knew that creator had had cancer as well. Oh boy. In the past, mm-hmm. got treatment, but was also doing holistic too. And uh, it's just so frustrating. It's just frustrating. I just keep yeah. trying to remember. I can't control what mm-hmm. people, they're not going to change their mind. And yes. I just, yeah, I just, oh God, it's just so sad. Yeah. It's just so sad all the way around. Yeah, it's a hard thing. So, I, yeah, I don't know. What else. I'm probably talking too much about it. Like, honestly, I should probably just say condolences to her family and just leave it at that because, Fair enough. you know, it'll just, yeah. Oh, I just can't. I, yeah, it's yeah. it's human to be affected by so, stuff, you know? Yeah, this, I know. Hers, like, you know when somebody close dies to you, dies and you get, like, uh, and you get, like, in tune with your own mortality, because like you mm-hmm. feel that way more than like a random person that you don't know. Yes. Yeah. This gave me that feeling, even oh. though I don't know her. Never met her. Mm. I still had several That's days hard. of like this weird I don't want to call it grief because it didn't change I didn't need to like take a day or anything. Fair. Like I honestly did not know her, never met her, well, yeah. never interacted with her. Still. But for some reason, it just like, I don't know, just really shocked me. And just really, I think part of me was just like, maybe she will pull through. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, and anyway, sorry. Did you have anything? I talked a lot. No, did you have anything else to add? In terms of like opening stuff? Like, no, I don't think so. Oh, I'm sorry. I meant anything else about Jesse Lee. But oh, that's no. Totally fine no, too. I don't think so. Yeah. So yeah, it's just sad. Um, okay, well, shall we get into our topics then? Yes. Today? Do you want to go first, or am I going um, first? How about you go first? Because okay. I've been talking for the entire okay. intro. Fair enough. And I need a break from talking. Fair so. enough. I think yours is also slightly less depressing than mine, so it'll be good to end the episode on a higher <laughs> note. Because Perfect. what I'm talking about today is uh, a bit heavy. We should probably put a brief trigger warning here for okay. uh, SA and uh, other traumas of that type because we are talking about uh, Tim Ballard, uh, which for those of you who don't know, Tim Ballard is the... hmm? Did you say it had something to do with children too? Mm -hmm. Yes. Yeah. Like CSA kind of stuff, actually. Good point. Oh, CSA. Oh, I didn't. I I missed that one. Sorry. No, I didn't say that yet. Yeah, I said you guys. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Uh, So brief. Just so everybody knows. Brief trigger warning for uh, SA and CSA. But yeah, we're talking about somebody named Tim Ballard, uh, which for those of you who don't know, um, earlier this year, there was a movie that made its way to box offices called Sound of Freedom. I actually made a video about it on my main channel because it was awful. But the whole movie was essentially. Not a documentary, right? No. It was, fictional movie yes it was very much a scripted dramatized over exaggerated movie not a documentary the whole thing is that they a lot of the, the press coverage for it was talking about how it's like based on a true story but even in their own promotional material it literally said based on a true story except and then in parentheses except for the parts that aren't um yeah, that's the appropriate what? reaction. Thank you, Hannah. What? So, <laughs> the, that doesn't make any sense. Okay. There's some helpful background here also. The Sound of Freedom, like I said, is a scripted, dramatized movie that was originally picked up by Disney and another movie studio who ultimately dropped it. The project didn't make its way to fruition for two separate, pretty large budget uh, studios. And then eventually got picked okay. up by this really small studio that was like most 
mostly Christian-oriented films and media. And that's how he ended up getting the film made. But Tim Ballard was the former, or yeah, is the former CEO of a company, a non-governmental organization called Operation Underground Railroad, which is a human trafficking nonprofit essentially. So <laughs> Tim Ballard was the CEO of this organization and the movie was supposed to follow this dramatized story of like true events from uh, one of the, they're like weird sting operations that him and his team would go on in foreign countries to supposedly save children who were victims of trafficking. Does this at all sound familiar to you, Hannah? Uh, no, it does not. Okay. I don't think I've ever heard of this movie. However, I'm tracking. Yes. Wait. Like, okay, great. So, sorry. So, but was like the profits of the movie going to go into his... No. Okay. <laughs> like you'd think you'd make a movie like that so that all the proceeds of the movie could go into his organization. You would think. But That would make the most sense to but me. But they didn't. No. Okay. The proceeds, uh, as far as I'm aware, went directly to him or like whatever, you know... <laughs> Uh, <laughs> yeah. And you've seen the actual movie, right? Did you actually no. watch the movie? No. Or did you not want to get I, the, I watched the little snippets of support. it. At the time that I talked about it, it was in theaters only. And I didn't want to like give support to yeah. this movie because there was already right. a lot of weird conspiracy theory stuff happening. So also helpful background here is that the movie had this program set up like uh operation underground railroad is the company that tim ballard was the ceo for right yeah and they set up like this program essentially for people to pay it forward to like buy movie tickets for other people who can't afford to see it is like the rationale right so like what was happening okay. is that people were basically calling up like you know your local cinemark your local amc whatever um, and saying, I want to buy five tickets, 10 tickets to the 2 p.m. showing of Sound of Freedom. Uh, the thought process being that if I buy these tickets, then like someone else can just go up to the box office and say, I would like two free tickets to 2 p.m. at the Sound of Freedom. Except that that's not how fucking movie theaters yeah. work, right? Like that's right. not, <laughs> yeah, that's not a thing. Most people could tell you that. Yeah. <laughs> yes. So there were a lot of people who were absolutely fervent supporters of this film that were doing this, except that, again, movie theaters don't have a like pay it forward program yeah so the end result was that whole showings of this film would be almost completely empty because people would buy <laughs> these tickets and then not show up with the hope that someone else would take the seat right so this led to a conspiracy theory that movie theaters were not allowing people to buy tickets to this film because they were trying to suppress this message about human trafficking very much the QAnon pipeline of like everybody is in on a big secret where everybody is uh you know a child abuser and human trafficker and like we're the, you know big hollywood is trying to suppress this message mm -hmm. that uh you know our hillary clinton mm -hmm, yes uh yeah. that you know uh our poor good guy tim ballard is getting his movie suppressed and so there was all of that conspiracy theory mumbo jumbo going on at the time and so i was like I'm good. I don't really want to go <laughs> to a showing of this film with like one other QAnon wacko yeah. and like, you know, waste my money and time. So, but I talked about the film because I, I watched a couple of snippets that were available online. And then also there was a lot of media coverage from people who actually work in victim advocacy for human trafficking, people who, you know, 
work for real nonprofits, for Mm -hmm. real governmental organizations, have had the training and like the very specific credentials to be actually helpful advocates for victims of this kind, right? Mm -hmm. These people were very heavily criticizing the film for sensationalizing human trafficking and representing it as something that it isn't ultimately. The film really heavily leans on this uh, belief that human trafficking is something that happens to these helpless, unsuspecting, innocent children in your suburban neighborhood, you know, and if you don't buckle your kid into the the uh, shopping cart at Walmart, then someone will just kidnap them and run off with them and sell them into uh, sex trafficking in a third world country, which by and large is not true, right? Like Not how it works. That does happen yeah. to some people, which is obviously a terrible right. thing, but the vast majority of human trafficking that's perpetrated is actually carried out uh, by somebody that the victim knows and trusts, which is a real problem, right? Like we really need to address Just like that. SA. Correct. How it's rarely somebody in the bushes yes. that just pops out and yes. grabs you. Yeah. It's usually somebody you know. Yes. Same thing yeah. with CSA. Yep. This, yep. this myth that we have about a stranger lurking in an alleyway. In the bathroom. Yes. With, with ill intent yeah. is just simply yeah. uh, a fallacy in most cases. Yeah. Really what yeah. happens is that it's uh, a ill-intended person who abuses their relationship with this vulnerable person to coerce them into a situation that ultimately victimizes them. So the film was catching a lot of heat for that also. So we talked about it on the channel, but... So the movie's plot was way more focused on just random people, yes. random kids getting scooped up out of yes. nowhere and then just taken off into sex trafficking, yes. fear-mongering, yes. basically. The, that. the opening... Uh, sequence in the film is literally like this dark warehouse kind of situation that depicts children being placed into shipping containers and then shipped off to a third world country for the purpose of being trafficked which is again that's a fallacy that's not a real thing yeah um sounds like something out of the walking dead yes Yes. Yeah. The comparison that a lot of people have made is comparing like Indiana Jones or James Bond uh, to like the actual real life of like British secret security or uh, an archaeologist, right? Like that's not at all reflective of what those real people's lives look like. So this film took a lot of criticism and one of the things that stuck out to me in you know the sort of media fallout around the film was the accusations that were made against the actual people who run the organization Operation Underground Railroad. Tim Ballard is the CEO or was the CEO of that company (laughs) and Mm -hmm. allegedly uh, according to reports from folks who had attended what are essentially tryouts to join this organization, the conduct there was concerning. There was a pretty flagrant disregard for screening the staff to make sure that they were safe people. Like, for example, anybody who's ever worked in childcare is very familiar mm-hmm. uh, with needing a fingerprint clearance card. I worked card. in childcare. Yes. So you know that, like, there are many hoops to jump through to make sure. You have sure. to go get your fingerprints yes. registered yes. with the government. Yes. Mm-hmm. Literally um, to work at a daycare. Yes. Well, and you have to do that, mm-hmm. you know, every couple of years. Like, you have to continually renew 
that clearance because they have to run a background check to make sure that nothing has happened in the last like five years or seven years or whatever. Oh, I didn't have that, but. Oh, really? uh, In Arizona, we do anyways. mm -mm. Maybe in Arizona, yeah. Well, I mean, your fingerprints are your fingerprints. They don't have to retake your fingerprints. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. They didn't do more than one background check, but they the only thing they had us do was we had to get retested for TB every now and then. yes. And we had to get like vaccines and stuff. Yeah. But, Um, um, But actually getting in, it wasn't hard to get hired, but the background checks and everything like definitely a lot yes. of, I think I even did a drug test but yeah. I can't remember but yeah a lot of yeah there's a lot yeah, of hoops like to jump said. through um and like yeah. here in Arizona um especially like for um teachers and other child care workers and stuff they do like every I think it's seven years five years something like that they require you to just like re-up all of your stuff and make sure again that you're like a safe person and whatever so the accusations about the recruitment process for operation underground railroad (laughs) were that um first of all they were conducting like pretty shoddy psych evals they were like not really screening these people to make sure they were mentally well or in a good place to be immersed in what is actually a very traumatizing environment and they were also not screening people for safety like there was not really a concerted effort to make sure that these people were who they said they were that they didn't have a history of uh you know uh, misconduct that they uh were you know safe people to be interacting one-on-one with trafficking victims because that was their whole i was gonna say this organization is supposed to be preventing and reducing yeah specifically childhood trafficking yes so their whole shtick get this hannah their whole (laughs) shtick yeah is that they would literally go on these weird sting operations in foreign countries they would take i don't know a couple dozen of their people um and suit up in these like fake fbi outfits they had like the whole bulletproof vest and and firearms in some cases all number like just picture like a you know like a cosplay of somebody who's like in the military I picture it mm-hmm. like yeah. that whole thing right and then they would go and some of the reports were that like for example they would go to you know what they deemed a third world third world country and ask around the locals for like how to procure sex work and then show up at this place and demand from the owner that we want younger uh, workers, like younger, younger women, younger women until eventually this person would produce a child at which time they would then like close in and like, you know. What did they do though? They didn't live there. They weren't part of the law enforcement there. So, so what? Supposedly, they they would partner with local law enforcement to then arrest these people. Okay. Um, okay. But a lot of the criticism that they drew for this was that if anything, you're just drumming up a demand for child trafficking because if the ma- demand didn't exist there in the first place, then you're just essentially creating it by showing up and pretending to be, um, you know, asking for these services. Like, you don't know that this person didn't just, like, disappear for an hour and, like, go kidnap a child to meet your needs specifically, (laughs) right? Like, this is not the way. Yeah, sorry. It's not funny. I'm laughing at how... But, like, it's absurd. Stupid that is. Yes. Yeah, Yeah, it is, like, kind of funny in, like, this sad, like, sarcastic way because, like... Not in the... Yeah, like, there's victims. It's just stupid. I'm laughing at them. Yes. Like, the the guys doing this. Like, this is so asinine. Yeah, wouldn't that just put the kids in more danger to not be doing it correct to not to like just be all of a sudden like oh this guy wants you yes or whatever it is and then they come and they're like freeze mm-hmm. buster we got yes. you and then like 
Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, that doesn't seem like the best way to go about it. No. I'm not saying our current law enforcement knows the best way to go about it, most likely. But, like, also, there's got to be a better way than that. Yes. Well, and there are a lot of... I mean, shouldn't we just be opening more shelters and places for people to go if they escape? Yes. Which is one of the the largest criticisms that they drew is that um, in order to really effectively prevent human trafficking, we have to address the factors that cause people to be trafficked in the first place, which, by and large, is poverty. Right. People who have food insecurity, resource insecurity, who right. have housing insecurity, um, right. who generally speaking, like especially for children who are uh, trafficked because like, for example, their parents are trying to get across the border into a safer country. Um, sometimes it's not feasible for the adults to make it. So they'll hand off the child to who they think is a safe person only mm-hmm. to find out that that yep. person has ill intent. Right. Yep. Um, but like yep. we but need desperate. Yes. Yeah. We need to address the the root cause, which is that these people are trying to flee an unsafe environment and protect their child. And if they had better resources to effectively do this without taking such so drastic true. choices, then this child wouldn't have ended up in this situation in the first place. So really our work in terms of like effectively decreasing human trafficking is about improving people's quality of life globally rather than centering our focus on snatching one kid from one country in one situation and spending lots and lots of fucking money like thousands maybe millions of dollars probably over the course of the the lifetime of this organization flying back and forth and doing all this stuff yeah so much of i made a patreon video about this but it's so ridiculously terrible Mm -hmm. that i didn't even i couldn't i did not make it a public youtube video but about peter scully who um he uh, yeah i huge trigger warning if people go look him up like i don't advise going to look it up it's in it's one of the worst cases of all time so i won't get into details but he was a trafficker as well and he but he was like the video route on like selling it uh-huh. on that way yeah and he got um it was a third world country i want to say uh, malaysia it was it was one of those countries where poverty was rampant yeah. and he went to an area where poverty was even more rampant yeah. and he would go to parents and say, hey, I can get your children work. I can give them a little job and they can send home oh, money to God. you. But then in the meantime, I'm going to feed them mm-hmm. and shelter them. And the parents would say like, I mean, they didn't really have a choice but to try to trust the stranger yeah. who was hoping they could get like he promised schooling, wow. getting them free schooling so that their kid could like have That's a much so better life up. than they did. And then that's how he would get them. Wow. Like he got them with the parents' consent, and then would do something. You know, yeah, awful. So it's like things. that's like so. That's true though. But like if that if poverty were not the issue yes. in the first place, if or if yes. other parents had the resources, yes, where they weren't as desperate, it's like kind of like giving homeless people a five dollar bill. Like yes. it's a very nice thing to do. Yes. But it doesn't, that's like trying to, that's like a band-aid on the symptom. It's not getting to the root cause of the issue. Yeah. 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 I think that's like a perfect example of like basically what's going on here. So all of that to say the organization generally and the film were like not well received outside of this very niche corner of the population that's of conspiracy theorists mm-hmm, that's very bought into the yeah. QAnon belief system that's very or i guess conspiracy theory rather um that's very bought into yeah. the like you know uh, government conspiracy theory 
side of things. And so the hard thing about it too is that like arguing with a conspiracy theorist is impossible, right? (laughs) Mm Because you tell them the truth and then they tell you that's exactly what they'd want you to say. And like, it's, you know, circular. That's always the argument. It's just going around in circles. Mm -hmm. Yeah, there's no point. Yes. Yeah. However, one of the things that I also wanted to point out about Tim Ballard specifically is that at one of the the trainings there was an insider who spoke to vice and then vice did this whole very long write-up um if i can find the link for it i'll put it in the description for this episode but vice did this really long write-up where this insider spoke about some of the things that were specifically said to new recruits that were alarming one of which was a i sorry pause before you go on yeah what's a recruit like a somebody who's gonna work for the company to go do these rescue missions yeah Okay. So they basically sat everybody down after they finished their training and said, okay, we have some advice for you guys since you're new here. Like, here's how things work, uh, you know, being uh, part of our organization, right? And one of the things that they told these new people was a blanket statement about if you're ever tempted to do something with uh, one of the victims, you have to come to us right away and tell us that. And they said, many men have come to us and told us this, and we respect them so much for telling us this so that we could get them out of there um, and keep people safe. Uh-huh. What? Uh-huh. <laughs> Wait. Yeah. Apparently, employees Wait. of this organization wanting <sighs> to assault victims of human trafficking is so much of a it's problem a- that we have a blanket statement about it at our little recruitment events. Uh-huh. And they're not doing background checks or any, and they're just hiring these people willy nilly. Yep. Mostly what they cared about was whether you could afford to finance your own travel and lodging oh, costs to get there. There it is. There it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It sounds like a giant virtue signaling with very negative consequences. Yes. And it also sounds like they're trying. It literally sounds like those people that make Catch a Predator YouTube videos. Yes. Where they, where oh, they trap, God. they trap uh, pedophiles mm-hmm. and talk them into them. Oh, I'm a child and get them to meet them. Yes. Just. To go viral because then they like, oh, gotcha. Yes. You know, literally. Yeah. Yeah. It's like yeah. grown adult it men. It's very much like that. Yes. Grown adult men playing right. pretend, especially because a Probably lot of playing them. the hero. Yeah. A lot of them they're, were retired they're like, uh, military right. and retired police. Yeah. So. Gross. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just toxic masculinity on parade. So I was going to say, if they had done proper background checks, that would not even be a thing. Correct. That would not be something that you would have to even. Yes. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Um, Does it get worse? Yeah. Yeah. It gets a lot worse. <laughs> so um, okay. that all happened a couple of months ago. I think the film has sort of come and gone. It's not in box offices anymore that I'm aware of. And then today news dropped that the former CEO, Tim Ballard, of Operation Underground Railroad, he resigned from the organization in June around the time that the film was getting a lot of media coverage for unknown reasons. People assumed that he had resigned because of the negative attention the film got. As it turns out, he resigned because allegations of sexual harassment surfaced in which he was harassing female colleagues. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's always a projection. Timothy. It's always a projection. It's always a projection. Mm-hmm. Isn't that disappointing? <sighs> okay. But to be clear, not 
uh, none of his um, accusers are children. Not his. That's another thing we're going to get to. But as okay. as it oh, stands, this isn't over. Oh, oh no, God. no, it gets worse. So as it stands oh, currently, Tim Ballard has not been accused of sexual misconduct or sexual harassment with anyone who is a minor. However, okay, worth noting that the harassment allegations are as follows: Ballard would take female colleagues with him on these operations in other countries for the purpose of pretending to be his wife right the whole thing is sort of predicated on this like uh we're undercover sort of thing right so he would take these female colleagues and tell them that their job was to pretend to be his wife while they were there to fool the traffickers um my god he also apparently coerced these women into sleeping in the same bed as him and to showering with him to fool the traffickers Yeah. Um, There's also allegations that he sent inappropriate photos of himself to his female colleagues uh, with fake tattoos, by the way, which is almost more embarrassing. I don't know. Fake tattoos? Yes. Like he covered himself in fake tattoos for one of these operations to like, I don't know, look like a bad guy. Oh my gosh. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Like it's a meme, Hannah. This wasn't so serious and devastating. Yes. I'm getting so much secondhand embarrassment for him. I know. He sounds insufferable. So pathetic. Yes. Yes. Like he oh my god, he seriously like dads that like, "Hey kids, what's grooving Literally. on today?" Yes. You feel? You haps? Am I one of the cool ones? Like that's seriously what he sounds like he's trying to be. Like this is what criminals do, right? Yes. Criminals have tattoos. Oh my god, it's so embarrassing. Oh my god. Like my face is actually turning red from the secondhand embarrassment. Yeah. Like I know that's the least concerning thing about this. Of course. But like is anybody surprised then in the end that Exactly. He- yes. Oh my god. Yeah. I also just want to okay. point out by the way that this man in doing so first of all uh, was harassing and victimizing women, which is an unforgivable offense, in my opinion. But second Correct. of all, was also cheating on his wife by, uh, yeah. you know, trying to uh, coerce these women or, you know, coercing these women into these things. And he's also like a very vocal advocate. He's a former advisor for the Trump administration, by the way. Um, but he's a very vocal advocate for outlawing gay marriage and, uh, mm-hmm. you know, passing legislation that marginalizes queer people because it's like against mm-hmm. God's design and all of mm-hmm. this stuff. Right. And like, well, he probably thinks they're all predators. Again, it's always the a projection. Irony. It's yes. always like the call is always yes. coming from inside the house. Yes. So. Oh, my God. Mm-hmm. Um, that news dropped uh, at the same time. That allegations surfaced about one of the other men who is employed at Operation Underground Railroad, who has been accused of uh, forcibly fondling a minor during the course of one of these operations. Yeah. His explanation Ew. for this is that he was forced to to I was gonna say. prove that he wasn't a narc, uh-huh. um, except that there, I'm sure there was a good reason. There are fucking audio clips. Of him joking about it with his fucking friends. Oh. Yeah. Gross. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Making jokes about like don't tell our bishop or something. um, And joking about like how funny they thought this whole situation was. So uh, that's not really seeming 
like a good defense in my opinion so yeah if that if that's not a thanks we hate it i don't know what is yeah i was gonna say i knew i knew the second you said that that he was gonna say that he was like oh it was to prove to the bad guys Mm -hmm. that i was really one of them which also can we talk about the fact do police officers when they're undercover do they snort coke to prove to the drug dealer that no they just catch them at that point like but also too can we talk about the fact that if your organization which to be clear is a non-governmental organization you guys are just whole ass civilians and in my opinion should really act like it um but you're you're if your whole organ ass whole ass organization is requiring you to victimize children that you're supposedly supposed to be protecting then like i don't know maybe you're doing it wrong like even if that were true like maybe we should retool our fucking approach here bud because like that's not really working just like and maybe your approach is also not great if you're having so many people have to tell you hey yes. i'm not i'm not i can't be trusted around women or children literally also can we talk wow. about how fucking bonkers bananas it is the idea that anybody would find themselves sexually aroused to the degree that they don't trust themselves to not engage or like I act on know. that with a victim of trafficking i know like i can't think of anything then less you're arousing just right then you're literally just a closet predator. Like, yes. and you're trying to, like, pretend like you're yes. not. Because That's what I'm saying. Ooh. Mm-hmm. So anyways, I wanted to talk about that because, first of all, I think it's important to be aware of that people who are often the most uh, vocally outspoken about these types of issues uh, in ways that we know are, you know, counterintuitive and bad um, oftentimes yeah. have some skeletons in their closet. Um, yeah. But also because I just feel really vindicated vindicated because a lot of the the QAnon crazy comments on my video are about how I'm secretly a pedophile and uh how you must be the pedophile mm -hmm. then yeah and then you're like whoops yeah I'm sorry who were you idolizing again yes yeah I'm sure they'll say that it's not true oh of course no no it could never be sure they'll say that because accusers are they're all just yeah yeah there's just collectively all the women around the world are just collectively in on it together yeah. to accuse men and ruin their lives on purpose. Of course. That's, I mean, yeah. that's all we have uh, to do all day, yeah. basically. Yeah. yeah. So he's also planning that's on sarcasm making... sarcasm for anybody out there that's not good at reading sarcasm. <laughs> yes, that's clear <laughs> sarcasm. Um, yes. He's also planning on making a run for a Senate seat in Utah, by the way. So mm. love that for us. Gross. Yeah. Maybe he should be in jail. You, you would think. Which, honestly, though, hey, some good news Mm -hmm. in the Me Too movement where Danny Masterson just got convicted. I know. He'd already been convicted. Yeah. But getting sentenced to 30 to life is some of the best news, I think. Yeah. Hell yeah. Yay. Get that man off the streets. Yes. Because the streets are a safer place without him. Yes. Jesus. Everywhere is a safer place without him. So. Uh, yeah, gross. So we're not even going to get into I know. and Ashton Kutcher, but I'm sure you guys can all know what we, our feelings are without yeah. us saying it. Yeah. So. so. All right. Should we talk about something else? I think we all Should we talk to. about something a little happier? Yes, please do. Okay. This is a funner topic. Okay. We need to talk about Mr. Beast just a little bit. Okay. And you guys, so... I get, they don't know our background with Mr. Beast, Mm-mm. and I want to share really quick. So uh, for context, 
I don't want to speak for you, but my understanding is that Mickey has never really been a huge fan of Mr. Beast. Not particularly. Do you have like, do you want to like give your general feelings? On- I mean, listen, it's not that I'm a Mr. Beast hater necessarily, but I also am just like not a Mr. Beast fan in the sense that like, that, like I feel that I've talked about this before when we talked about the Lizzo issue. I just generally yeah. am very distrustful of anybody who has that level of a following and an influence um, and especially somebody who is like rich beyond sense like that and I know that there's like a very particular way he manages to fund these very expensive videos that he does and it's not just like you know like celebrity wealth uh, you know like crazy millionaire billionaire kind of people like that's that's fair but just like generally speaking it's not really my thing to idolize really rich and famous people i just sure i'm just very jaded and bitter you side eye you're <laughs> yeah. a side eye yeah of, of it yeah exactly well let's talk about it a little bit today because okay. he's been in the news quite a bit lately mm-hmm. um well at least in the youtuber space news and so for my oh yeah for context for everybody with me i've always been a somewhat fan of him mm-hmm. i'm definitely not his target demographic yeah. but i do watch some of his videos sure. i do enjoy some of his videos um i have been subscribed for a long time i just recently unsubscribed though i will admit and it's not because i'm like oh, i think God. he's a terrible person or anything Tea. like that i just don't think we're quite I'm just not quite aligned with him. And yeah, so let's, first of all, first and foremost, mm-hmm. Mr. Beast, I'll say it. Your chocolate sucks. Oh, it's so bad. Oh my God. I, it's so bad. Feastables, I, listen, I, I might get sued for started. this. But in my opinion, I have tried, listen, I don't know how you fuck up milk chocolate, Word. But Mr. Beast has managed to fuck up milk chocolate. The milk chocolate bars do not taste good. Like, they don't taste like milk chocolate. They taste like weird, cheap, semi-sweet chocolate. So, I don't know. Also, That's my first grief. Just really quick. Can we also just talk about the fact that this is coming from two Americans who, like, the the rest of the world shits on our chocolate game as it is because chocolate in the United States has a lot more of, like, a particular acid in it or something. It makes it, like, more sour than chocolate in the rest of the United States. So, like, we are the last people to be, like, shocked and horrified by bad-tasting chocolate. And even we are, like... We're this is disgusting. Really yes, cheap. Yeah. Yes, it's not. I can good. eat like like a commercial Hershey's milk chocolate bar and be like perfectly fine with that. But like Mr. Oh, I love Hershey's Mr. Beast chocolate. chocolate was like legendarily bad. You and I literally both yeah. took a bite of it and we're like, ew, what is this? <laughs> we didn't even swallow it. That's how bad the it is. The dark chocolate isn't good. Oh no, the regular one isn't good. The milk chocolate one, none of it's good. No. I'm sorry, don't Mr. like Beast. it. Don't like your chocolate. Not good. Okay. I also want to preface this with Mickey and I went to Vid Summit last year. Uh, yeah. We went to Vid Summit 2022, mm-hmm. September 2022 in LA. And that was the first time Mickey and I got together in person. Yes. And I don't think we have any regrets about that because we had so much fun together. And that was the first time we like got to hang out yeah. in person and everything. However, again, unpopular opinion in the YouTube guru world, Vid Summit itself waste of money thousand dollars for that ticket and literally let us tell you why Trash. so i know and i'm gonna i feel i feel terrible because like i do like a lot of people in that space like i'm a huge fan of nick nimmin i think he's like the best youtube guru yeah on the platform Fair. in my opinion you know and um he's always very much involved in this but the guy who puts on vid summit daryl eaves 
I'm not a fan. Daryl Eves. I, I'll say it. I, I'm a Daryl Eves saying hater. I'm stuff right now. Listen. <laughs> and yeah. And I like, you know me, like I do not like putting any beef out there with other YouTubers Same. ever. Yeah. But I'm willing to in this case because I, listen. I don't like it. First of all, the first thing he did was preach pretty much. He comes out to introduce the conference and he immediately mentions his religious yep. beliefs. Yep. Fine whatever but also not appropriate for this second of all he then goes on to plug his extremely religious tv show that he produces that perpetuates the classic white version of jesus yes more than once by the way the entire conference had advertisements for his christian uber uber christian tv show i don't care if you're christian go off not appropriate For a conference when we spent a thousand dollars to be there yes. and all you did was then try to continue to advertise to us to give you more money. Correct. Yeah. And then the conference was just bad. Bad. Like remember we saw Daryl, he was like sitting in a chair talking to somebody else. And this the um everybody was starving yes. and like really needed a refreshment Correct. and the coffee and snacks were supposed to come out yes. and he's literally just sitting there chatting and it's like an hour late and yep. he's not doing anything. No. He's not working. No. If that and we were like, if we were putting on a conference, we would be running around making sure Crazy. that everything was taken care of all yes. the time. And I <laughs> I'm bitter about that. Yes. But also the number one thing is that women were not welcome at that no, conference. No, no. We weren't welcome, women, nor were we represented. Correct. And that entire conference is literally just a Mr. Beast fan fest. It was all young, early 20s frat boys mm-hmm. that wanted to be Mr. Beast. Yes. The only thing that they taught in all of the panels and all of the lessons was methods for being, for how you should make videos like Mr. Beast and yes. strategies like you. Yeah. Like, they had no care for other niches. They had no care for women in this business. Like, remember Emily D. Baker was supposed to be there, but she couldn't make it. I think she She had COVID. That was, like, the one we were really excited to see was a woman. Mm -hmm. And it's all just Mr. Beast and Mr. Beast people like them. And I did not feel welcome. And then when the thing that got me is that when one woman came forward on the app, remember we had that app that (gasps) you could talk to everybody else at the conference? It was like a conventions app. One. Yeah. Yes. One woman came forward and shared our same sentiment. She said, I didn't feel seen. I felt like this conference didn't benefit small YouTubers at all. It was all about how to be in this one niche. She said exactly how we felt. And everybody shit on her. Brigaded this woman. Everybody came and attacked her, including calling out Roberto Blake. Yes. Including him, who also was like, well, they just blamed her. It was the MLM thing where they're like, well, you just didn't work hard enough. You're just, you're the one that needs to get something out of this because you need to have a better attitude. Yes. Blah, 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 blah. And they attacked her for it. I will forever be mad that we wasted so much. We should have just gotten together and hung out for a couple days because that entire conference and, but I can't say this anywhere else because if you actually, there was nowhere to give feedback. No, there was no, he didn't ask for feedback afterwards. And now it's in Texas this year because it's so much bigger because it keeps growing. And I don't know why. Okay. Did you have any other, I have so many things to say. 
I know. First of all, um, big agree. <laughs> I also, I just want to like paint the picture for people to be clear. Hannah and I were by no means expecting to be served like three course meals and like Cur- gourmet food, thank you. right? Um, no. But like, first of all, you like. I didn't even know that we were going to get free lunch. Correct. Like that was a surprise. Yes. But yeah. like pre-YouTube, you actually have experience in this professional world of like conferences and like large sort of like business conventions Correct. and things like that, right? Um, yes. And like you and I both as like people who exist as professionals uh, in one capacity or another outside of YouTube were blown the fuck away by how poorly organized this entire event was because again we weren't expecting gourmet food or like you know somebody be doing the most but every single time that food was presented to conference attendees it was like Mm -hmm. watching ants swarm a piece of candy on the sidewalk (laughs) if you weren't the first fucking person in line to get food you didn't get anything you didn't get coffee you didn't get water you didn't get a t-shirt you didn't get a cookie like nothing i'm being so incredibly fucking for real when i tell you that hannah and i literally had to elbow people out of the way at one point to get a subway (laughs) sandwich that wasn't even good that had also been sitting out for like a hot minute food every time though to be fair yes because you and i were like staring at the we were very waiting yes, for the time that the food we were was very show proactive up. if i was just like trying to get the most out of this by attending all the conferences and like mm-hmm. you know figured like oh i'll just grab lunch when we're done with this or whatever we yeah. would have missed food every time correct like the yes. the way that they organized it and like how poorly prepared they were for the number of attendees that they had in my opinion yeah. is just like unforgivable Especially in like a post-COVID world, it's really not that hard to tell the venue that's hosting your conference, we need to have food doled out at like five or six or Mm -hmm. seven different locations with, you know, like Mm -hmm. an appropriate amount of food instead of like one place, come and get it, deal with it, right? Like that's crazy to me. I just I just want to paint that picture because again and I want to be clear we're not like upset because it was like you know we wanted fancy stuff we like no served on a silver, right it was just like no. Lord of the Flies which was really disarming especially yeah. again being some of the only female and like femme presenting people there it was like yeah. very disarming to all of a sudden have to be in close quarters with a bunch of male strangers to fight for a cookie you know yeah <laughs> yeah yeah and I just for reference I was an executive assistant before this Mm -hmm. and I have so I have legit been to business conferences before and I actually and I've attended them before and actually went even though it wasn't in my job description I went and sat in the panels and everything and let me tell you it's the most productive thing of all time it's actually it's about like it's you know teaching I mean obviously we don't need leadership skills in YouTube quite as much but like it was like a leadership conference Mm -hmm. and like how to be the best leader what to do to make your team work well to get like all this actual detailed plausible Mm -hmm. actionable steps of things to do yes and literally every single one we went into was like make better videos and that was it yes I'm still I'm never going to get over how angry I am that the whole course that we attended or like like thing actually I don't know if you were there I think we split up for one of them but they had a a course about thumbnail creation which I was like great right like I know for me thumbnails are a thing that I struggle with like I'm consistently like not benefit from that yeah and so I was like great this is awesome like we'll probably get some actionable strategies for like what works with the algorithm and like good uh strategies and patterns and whatever um and they literally for the entire time that we were there talked about the rule of thirds which if you're not familiar (laughs) basically like it's visually pleasing to 
the eye to have like especially rectangular yeah. like thumbnails divided up into three sections so their advice was like use one third to put your face or somebody else's face use another third to have like part of the video subject matter and then another third of it to be background that was it that was their fucking Protect. advice like yeah. we paid a thousand dollars for that fucking advice yeah. and i was just like this can't be real like i could have googled yeah. that hello i think that's the thing that i struggled with so much was that it just was not there Mm-mm. was nothing in that conference that no. what i couldn't learn from a youtube video yes i think it is yeah they made it seem like you were going to learn secrets mm-hmm. of the trade and yes. get inspired and stuff like that and i will say the only the good thing about it was it was really fun to meet other people there Fair. it was fun to talk to other creators and everything mm-hmm. um and i remember what's interesting is that swell entertainment remember she was there and we met <gasps> amanda yes and who's also yeah, the nicest was, person alive by the way in case anyone oh my didn't gosh. know so sweet yeah there's pictures of us on my instagram if anybody wants to see it yeah. but uh she's the sweetest human of all time yeah and i watched her review of vid summit and she thought overall that it was good she had the same problems as us with the food and the or disorganization yeah but maybe we are the odd ones out in some ways That's because fair. i her overall view of the panels and stuff she seemed to get a better if i remember her video correctly yeah she seemed to get a better impression of it than us but I have one more complaint. Okay. As we wrap around to Mr. Beast yes. here. Mr. Beast was at Vid Summit 2022, you guys. He almost always goes. He's one of like the sponsors of this thing. Yeah. He usually gives everybody lunch one day. He last year did Beast Burgers um, for every, like he bought Beast Burgers for everybody Which for lunch. were admittedly good, to be fair. They were, yes, I will give credit where credit is due. I did like the Beast Burgers. I did think they were good. (laughs) Um, But Mr. Beast was a keynote speaker. Yeah. And again, for people that are not familiar with business conferences, the keynote speaker is one of the most exciting events of any conference. It's usually their uh, quote unquote most famous or in a regular business, it's the higher up people, the one with the most experienced stuff like that. And they're supposed to give a speech. They're not teaching you per se, but it's supposed to be a very inspirational speech Mm -hmm. about maybe a personal experience they had, maybe life advice, something like that. Mr. Beast put zero out of zero effort into this. He's the keynote speaker Mm -hmm. and every, like, mind you, we did not see Mr. Beast. He was at the conference, but he's so famous that he has security all the time. So he hid out for the rest of the concert. I don't blame him for that at all. He would have been mocked if he tried to go anywhere. So the only time anybody ever saw him was on stage. And so everybody came to that event because they wanted to see Mr. Beast. So because he wasn't around the rest of the conference, which, again, I understand. But when he did go on stage, he said, "Okay, well, I didn't really prepare a keynote. So we're just going to do a QA and a for my keynote speech. They didn't even pick out questions beforehand. That was right. That was his keynote speech. When I tell you and he is one of the most allegedly hardworking people mm-hmm. in the space he's the one that says he spends 24 hours 24 7 doing youtube yeah. and could not bother to put anything together for a conference of for a room full of thousands of people that wanted to be him yeah. and who spent a lot of money to be there and he did a q a i also feel compelled to add that his affect for every time that he made an appearance at the conference seemed decidedly disinterested if not Very like much. outright like a, an attitude of contempt 
about having to participate. I have better things to do. Yes. Yeah, it felt very I much be filming like, like Daryl was trotting around his his prize-winning pony for like the 15 minutes that that Mr. Beast Correct. would put up with it and then yes. back to the backstage for you Correct. because it was just yes. not back at all. Back to the desert island yes. for competing for a treasure chest yeah, exactly. for him. That's the, all. Like he was not even there. It was weird. The thing that's so disappointing to me too is that like in, you know, like the social work conferences that I've attended and stuff, you're right. Like the keynote is not necessarily intended to be like educational content like the rest of the breakouts. But usually there's like right. some really touching or transformative nuggets of wisdom right there's mm-hmm. like something influential or inspiring about like a way to approach the work that you're doing um a transformative learning moment that this person experienced that's like a cool takeaway for you as like a smaller person in this field to like center some of your practice around right so i was hoping for like anything any any nugget of like i don't know useful i could i mean i could that speech for him mr beast was known at the very beginning for uh quote unquote torturing himself for views like one of his first viral videos he was not going viral going gaming he's a teenager yeah so one of his first viral videos was him sitting in one sitting counting to like I want to say like a million or something like that. And it took him hours. And he literally sat there without the camera being off counting because he did not want to like he, you know, and he could have said his keynote speech could have been, listen, I tortured myself because I was willing to do anything for views. So find your version of torture. Find your version of what you're going to do that others wouldn't do for a video. It doesn't have to be that. But find like your version of what you would do for your audience. Yes. Right. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Curtain close. See, I just wrote a better speech for him than he could have. With, I, with no effort, by the he, way. Yeah, right. And it's just like, okay, speech giving isn't your thing or whatever. Sure. He's rich enough to hire somebody to help him. Yes. He is a multi. He's making millions of dollars a month, you guys. Yes. Millions and millions of dollars a month. Yeah. Most sponsors, most brands cannot afford a sponsorship with him because Which his is rate is so high. Insane. What he has money to hire somebody to help him write a speech. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, mm-hmm. okay. Getting back, that was that was the bulk of our complaints. Yes. Yeah. Sorry, unless you had something else to say. I I'm think sorry. no. I think We're that's gonna, the bulk of it. We'll, we, we can come back. I have to, more yeah. complaints, but this episode is not right. about that. So I think that covers most. Well, of Well, we can. You can. There'll be more time to air more grievances. <laughs> okay. So the criticism of Mr. Beast is coming out. Finally, a lot of people have been kind of calling him out for doing philanthropy porn, basically, is kind of what we're calling it of the like, yeah, of like doing all these good things. Yes, but filming it and profiting off Mm -hmm. of it, you know, and the argument I could see both sides of the argument. Personally, I can see like, okay, but are you inspiring? First of all, all the people that go in the video are consenting. They all know they're going to be on film. They all know they're going to be posted to a Mr. Beast video. They all know that they're benefiting uh, from his charity. Like, it's not like at least he's not going to random homeless people on the street anymore and handing them money and filming their reaction. Like I think he used to do. Yeah. And then also, is it inspiring other people to do good things then if you put it on camera, right? Sure. Or is it simply exploitation and, philanthrop- and philanthropy porn, yeah. like we said, yeah. right? So there's another big creator called Jack Skeptic Eye. Have mm. you ever heard of him? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. 
So he did a lie detector test on somebody else's video he was a guest on. And if you haven't, have you seen the video? Mm-mm. I'll insert it in here. Okay. But there's a clip of there when Jack Skeptigai is asked, do you like Mr. Beast? And they're both huge creators. And Jack Skeptigai goes, no. A completely unrelated question. <laughs> do you like Mr. Beast? No. Jack. Oh! Do you think Mr. Beast ruined YouTube? Yes. Now, in all honesty, Jack, why? Because it became more about views, money, and popularity than it did about having fun. You just don't think you have fun playing Squid Games? You don't think you have fun riding on yachts? If he Building had, wells in Africa? I don't know. If he had fun doing those videos, they'd be longer. We'd see the fun. Ooh. Ooh. I thought you were going to get me yeah. that one, didn't you? Who's the YouTuber you hate the most? I don't know. There's a lot of groomers and pedophiles on our platform. <laughs> Jack Skeptigai says essentially like, well, he made it about money and views instead of uh, the love of creation is essentially what his point was. And Mr. Beast's response, he got mad and it was very interesting. Mr. Beast (laughs) tweeted, but he deleted it. Oh, no. But of course, people screenshotted it. Mr. Beast had a pretty poor response. He said, so I ruined YouTube because I didn't buy a mansion and sports cars and instead invested my money into making content slash focused on doing good and inspiring kids to help people. And then he says, then he's quoting Jack. If um, that's not his real name, but you know who I'm talking about. Um, if he had fun, the videos would be longer because that was one of the points Jack said oh. is that like if he was actually enjoying doing this, yeah. his videos would be longer than they are. And Mr. Beast goes, what does that even mean? LOL. You think I'd give up every hour of my life for 14 years if I didn't have fun? Skull emoji. And then this is the best part. This clip is insanely disrespectful, in my opinion, and obviously there is so much I could say about his content, but I'll just take the punches and be the bigger man. Sigh. He wrote out sigh. Okay. So, to be fair, okay, to be fair, Mr. Beast deleted this tweet. And according to both him and Jack Skeptigai, they talked behind the scenes over DMs. Sure. And they're cool now. Like, they squashed. There's no beef between them or anything. I just want to give the full story. Fair. But Mr. B still got a lot of criticism for this tweet. And in my opinion, this is the worst fucking tweet of all. Are you kidding me? It's the worst response. Are you kidding me? I'll be the bigger man proceeds to make a three paragraph tweet about how hurt you are about how your feelings are hurt about him saying all this and i'm just frustrated with and again i don't even dislike mr beast overall like overall like i watch his content and and can find joy in watching his content but the fact what has got me frustrated is that nobody's allowed to criticize him nobody's allowed to say shit about him without his goonies attacking you. It's cult-like. Yes, it's weird. What are your thoughts? I think it's weird. And I think the other thing that, like, I'm glad that we talked about VidSummit and all of that because the other uh, experience that we had uh, in that environment was feeling like like a fish out of water or like like you're surrounded by these people who are who are, like, really fiercely committed to this person's fandom. And you're just kind of like... Okay, but it's 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 not enough though for you to just be like, nah, not my bag, right? Like it's not really my thing. I don't really care. Yeah. You know, like I'm just not really a Mr. Beast fan. Uh, to those people, it's like 
like you're insulting That's a criminal offense. Yes, you're insulting them. You're insulting that. Mr. Beast, yeah. and like even just an indifference to this person is enough of a slight that we become all whipped up and all upset. And like that was very much the conference. Like a lot of people would ask us, like, "Oh, are you so excited mm-hmm. for the keynote or Mr. Beast, whatever?" And the first time somebody asked me that, I answered honestly. I was like. I don't know. Like, it's not really my thing. You know, like, I don't really like Mr. Beast yeah. that much. And somebody was, like, very put off by that. Isn't that why you spent $1,000 yeah. to be here? Well, and then, you know, <laughs> followed by, like, the the 15-minute explanation of why Mr. Beast is so cool and he's incredible and he's transformed yeah. the platform. And just, like, I didn't ask, you know. like yes. I don't really want to know that, you know. Okay, frat guy. Yes. Go away. Yeah. And so, like, yeah. that environment, I think coupled with what has recently come out about him just like you know the way that he responded to the situation it does really lend itself to this like community norm that he's created where like you were saying nobody can criticize him uh this this group of people who are so fiercely dedicated to his cause are not willing to hear or see any criticism about this man at all and like that's just not yeah. healthy, right? Like, I feel the same it's way about disturbing. about problematic fandoms across the board. Again, like, this is why right. I really dislike celebrity worship and all of this stuff because, like, it's the same right. thing. If you are not willing to hear any criticism about a public figure that you really, really like, then, like, we should reflect in on, like, why that's happening because that's not healthy. Even if you are a fiercely... Because that person and that celebrity literally doesn't know you. Yes! Or care about you. That's the other thing. Like, is he coming over to your house later? Is he going to call you after this? Like, he doesn't (laughs) know that you're alive, dude. Like, relax. I just don't understand this fierce dedication. Like, did he pick you yet? Did he pick you? too far yeah it's just gone too far i am so and that's really why i want to talk about it today because i'm going to with my full chest criticize vid summit Mm -hmm. and i'm going to criticize mr beast like it doesn't mean that i think he's a bad person and i understand his reaction i think his reaction his tweet was bad but it was a very human defensiveness yeah like I can understand why he felt his feelings were hurt. Yes, I mean his feelings were hurt. Jack was a, Jack's another big YouTuber, yeah. and somebody saying that about him on their videos probably hurt his feelings, sure. which is totally fair. But it's just the fact that he doesn't think about. It's not him specifically. It's the fact that he doesn't think about how it, how attached his viewers are yes. to what he says, and him yes. saying this innocent tweet just adds fuel yes. to all of those all of the stands that are like mm-hmm. that are that he's 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 contributing to that like you can't criticize me yes i don't do anything bad yes. and it's like maybe you do though well and i feel like maybe you shouldn't be doing yeah it's it's the thing where like influencers are allowed to be people in the sense that like of course it's very human to get your feelings hurt right like you and i have both had that reaction when somebody criticizes us where we're like ow you know like that hurt my ego but what we do is text each other in private and be like dude like i'm depressed or i'm struggling or like this really hurt my feelings you know and like we deal with it like people where we talk to our people about it and then like publicly you don't put your ass in the street and you don't give your audience an excuse to brigade someone because they have criticism of you. Like that's not right. responsibly using your platform because like essentially you're giving all of these very emotionally charged teenagers a reason to go and try to bully somebody, which is like 
right. really not a good look. <laughs> right. You know? The other thing... And I... Right. The other thing about this that, Go like, ahead. really pushes my buttons, too, is the, like, oh, you know, like, I'm only doing this for the philanthropy aspect of this. And, like, <laughs> that's just simply not true. That's right? Like, <laughs> we all need to acknowledge Babe. that even you and I, right? Like, you and I yeah. both really believe in the content that we create and, like... I especially have been very vocal about like I'm going to make the content that I think is important regardless of whether it makes me money or not. But like also you can't be a big YouTuber, especially like Mr. Beast big and not care about the money. Right. Like Vid Summit was essentially a cash grab for all of the people who were there. Like you basically put on this event where your company who you probably take a paycheck from is a sponsor for this event that then sell sold thousands of tickets and then had thousands of their products bought so that it became this like circular cash grab like of course it's about the money <laughs> like you know what i'm saying yeah. it's just like such a disingenuous don't, right. don't insult us by yes. acting like you don't care about money at all like of course like, you do he does give away a shit ton of his money yeah but but also, Mr. Beast is not living in a one-bedroom apartment with a Honda right. Civic, exactly. is he? Like, yeah. you know? I just, like, come I on. I think he just struggles so much with, like, um, like I've seen some, like, behind-the-scenes footage of him putting on an event. And, like, he literally tells his crew, like, behind the scenes, he's like, all I care about is that people here have fun. Like, I just want them to have fun. I just want them to have a good experience. Yeah. I'm not leaving until every single person that paid to be here gets a picture with me. Like, he gets sure. pretty hyper-obsessive about making sure that his fans have a good experience with him, yeah. which is admirable. I'm not saying there's anything wrong yeah, with that. Appreciate but that. then it makes me think that when somebody does criticize him, he gets he gets even more hurt because he's like, I try so hard yes. to make everybody to be that non-problematic person yeah. that all my fans just love and that just brings happiness. And so when yeah. people do criticize him, I think he gets like even more hurt because it's like, but also like, then he's like, that all I do is try to make people happy. Well, and it's like, yeah, you're not beyond criticism. Yes. Sorry. Well, that's the thing is that like, that's a you problem, right? Like that's a right. self-esteem wound. That and too. like, you should Correct. go to therapy to work on that. Like the rest of us, because like the reality yes. is that regardless of how well-intentioned <laughs> you are, you will inevitably fuck up and someone will inevitably have a criticism of you regardless of right. how based in reality it is, you know, like right. just because you feel a certain way doesn't mean that you're entitled to behave however you want to. This is like a right. fundamental human learning that we all have to make right. peace with. But it's like very important when you have a platform of like hundreds of millions of people, you know. I just like yeah. really can't deal with how irresponsibly he wields that. And then like the, the you know, like refusing to take accountability for that, like pushes yeah. my buttons. Yeah. I think a more, right, the mature thing would have just been like well everybody's entitled to their opinions yes i mean we know people not everybody likes our content no. we don't care we're just like yeah if that's you're fine. a republican you probably won't like our podcast yes yes okay that's fine yeah you don't have to listen well i mean even people like, <laughs> like there are other like large content creators in the same niche that you and i are are you know in our own like separate niches yeah. and people will leave comments yeah. being like oh you know i like this person and i thought i would like your content but i don't and so i'm not gonna stay here right. and like like, okay. okay. <laughs> That's fine. Right? Like I've had people just say they can't stand my voice. Mm-hmm. I'm like, 
that's fine. Thanks for sharing, I guess. Yes. But whatever. Like, first of all, like, this is not an airport and you don't need to announce your departure. But second yeah, of all, exactly. like, that's fine. Right. Like the Internet yeah. is vast and expansive right. and there's room for everybody. It's billions you know? of people. Yes. Yeah. Some of the best yeah. advice that I've ever gotten from a big creator was that, you know, giving people the space um, and like cheering on fellow creators and just like not letting it bother you. Yeah. Like the, the sentiment of like rising tides raises all ships, you know. Like, yes. let it go. Your content's not going to be for everybody. And that's fine. Yes. You know, but like people generally I having a good time. I think that's the problem is that Mr. Beast, he does want to be for everyone. Mm-hmm. I think that is the other thing yeah. is that he is, he really does not take criticism well because he, I mean, I know his goal because his goal at first was to surpass PewDiePie. Yeah. He wanted to be the biggest single creator. And now he wants to be, he's not the biggest channel though. There's still groups and companies with bigger channels. Now he wants to be the biggest channel. And so I personally think that he doesn't want this like to start because he doesn't want people to unsubscribe or people to not subscribe to him in the first place because it'll mess up his overall goal. What are you doing? Is Sweeney being a weirdo? She's just like clawing at all the cords down there. I think oh. she's just like, all right, you've been long enough, up. mom. You- <laughs> yeah it's time to pay attention to me yeah which just, i'm okay with wrapping it up unless you've had anything else to say no but i think that's everything i'm tired i just generally okay. am you know i'm glad we had this conversation because i think there's just yeah. some some level I setting feel, that should happen with that phantom yeah i've never talked about it and i we've never talked about vid summit because i've always been too scared to like criticize it mm-hmm. because again i don't want to start beef and i also do legitimately like the people in that yeah space like nick nick nimmin and stuff like that and um and i do like roberto blake too i've watched his other videos that he yeah. also helped me a ton yeah and everything it's just that i don't like some of the culture that it's created yeah. and i also just like you know what i want to speak out i want to say my piece because it's been driving me nuts yeah. that you know yeah so agreed all right <laughs> thanks for coming everyone okay everybody yeah Leave us reviews. Mm-hmm. Yeah, if you like the episodes, you want to support the pod, uh, one of the best ways you can do that is liking the videos, subscribing, leaving us five-star reviews, et cetera, et cetera. So. All that good stuff mm-hmm. if you'd like. So, All right. We'll see you guys in the next yep. one. Thank you. Bye. Kay. Bye. Bye.